I can remember the day things began to shift for me. I was working retail at the time. I'd been working for the same company for about six years and I liked it a lot. But it was there, standing in my business partner's office and staring out at the window at people on the sales floor that I realized something I'd never thought of before. Everything we do in our society, just about, is completely built around commerce. We buy things. We human beings function and build our society because things are bought and sold. And that's pretty weird when you think about the natural world. I say this because the whole commerce thing doesn't happen in nature, but it does with humans. You don't see squirrels, for example, starting up little nut shops and selling acorns to their little buddies for the winter. You know, we started that. You give me something and I give you something. That thought has shattered my preconceived ideas I once had about humanity. It made me realize the power each of us really has. You see, if most of what we do is based on what we buy and where we buy it from, then shouldn't we be doing a little homework before we swipe that card? Should we care? I mean, I obviously think we should. That's a given based on this podcast existing, but really, should we care? You know, what happens if we don't? After all, it's not us who's selling the goods. You know, we're just buying what we need to live, right? The business owners and manufacturers follow regulations and checklists, so they've got their own ethics handled, right? Please. I mean, we live in a world where sweatshops are still a thing, and slave-like conditions still exist in some places. And you might think, what's that got to do with me? I'm just a simple, honest person trying to take care of myself. I don't hurt anyone. I don't steal anything from anyone. I haven't done anything wrong. How do these poor, unfortunate situations have anything to do with me? That's a very important question. Remember, every material thing humans have is more or less a result of commerce. But it takes people to make commerce happen. It takes people to mine for raw materials, to refine those materials into something usable, to sell and package and ship those materials, and it takes people to purchase those materials. Therefore, what we buy directly impacts human lives. It also affects the natural world, but we're here today to focus on ourselves, human activity. I started this podcast to encourage people to think and to consider others when buying things. Wasting responsibly is very important, but if you've listened to this show, you might wonder why I talk about that so little. Well, today's episode is a bit of a special one. I'll be guiding you through a few main thoughts that set the groundwork for what I believe can be a foundational mindset on which sustainable communities are built. It's where I believe we need to bring ourselves before we can collectively change. Environmentalists are great, but they are, after all, only a small fraction of the collective us. So let's begin. Welcome to Episode 7 of the Sustainable Culture Podcast, Jet's Guide to Sustainable Thinking.
welcome once again to episode 7. This is a little bit of a different episode because I have no guest today. It's just me. Just little old me sitting around and talking to you. Um, so let me start off a bit by just giving you an idea of my own background. A lot of you haven't been told about this, and I haven't really shared this, so I might as well give you an idea of where I kind of come from in terms of sustainability, you know, what started this. You know, I mentioned my retail background, and I remember that moment so well that I mentioned in the intro there of realizing this whole idea of commerce. And it was then, that same moment, that I also realized that I had to somehow get involved in something that was meaningful to me. <laughs> retail was cool and all. I really did enjoy it, but at the same time, I only saw retail. That was it. That was the future. That was it. It was spelled out R-E-T-A-I-L. And I had to realize that, that that just wasn't going to progress who I was as a human being or anything like that. So what I ended up doing was I, I went back to school. I knew that I wanted to do something involving helping nature somehow. That was about the extent of what I had figured out. So I went back to school and just did general education stuff. I hadn't been back to college since high school. It had been about 10 or so years. And so by the time I got back, I had to figure all the old stuff out, went through and eventually, to make an otherwise long story short, eventually got to environmental science. And that's what I major in now. I've got about a year left still studying. And, you know, it's something that I definitely have become to identify with. It's definitely something that I've been able to bring myself to really look through the eyes of. But, you know, really all it's done is enhance the thoughts that were kind of already there. I knew I wanted to help nature somehow. And by being some kind of a natural scientist, someone who studies sustainability, I'll be able to do that in a more recognized or, if you will, impactful way. So I share this because my own experience of my mind shifting from just the day-to-day -day survival, you know, do what you got to do, just work a retail job so you can pay for your stuff because that's what you're qualified to do is retail because you've never been educated or apprenticed for anything else. Like when, when you're just focused on that like regular day-to-day -day grind, it's kind of, it just makes it really difficult to think about the bigger picture. And when I did think about the bigger picture, when the moment came for me, I talk about the shifting in my mind, that's when I, it was the same exact moment that I decided that I had this responsibility to play within my community. And, and the funny thing is I didn't, at the time live in a place that I lived in uh, California at the time the Bay Area I, I knew I wasn't gonna end up there long term I knew that I wasn't gonna stay there but I knew that wherever it was I ended up I had this responsibility to contribute something positive to that same community and all I knew that I could do that I was really interested in uh, in putting my energy into was something to benefit the natural world, thus benefiting human beings and myself. Okay, so maybe you can see that kind of logic as selfish per se, but I, I saw it as a way to benefit myself and those around me. And 
do that in a way that really benefited the natural world. So it was kind of a win-win-win situation. Now I want to go over, I just want to go over and discuss six main points that I've kind of written down and hopefully this can kind of help you guys get into sort of the same mindset I'm in or at least some, something similar, something you can relate with perhaps. And maybe this will help you kind of think of sustainability in a different way than simply throwing things away in some organized fashion, okay? So, you know, number one, I, I can't stress this one enough. If we're going to improve our societies, we've got to focus on ourselves first. You know, we live in the self-care age, self-love and self-care. And I think it's so funny sometimes. I think it, I mean, it just gets to the point to where it's shared so much. It's just like overdone. And it's like where you say something so many times it starts to lose meaning. Self-care, 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 self-care. What do we talk about here? Okay. We need to focus on ourselves. And we need to really focus on improving our own lives. You know, treat your body as if you were caring for someone that you care about. Look at how you take care of yourself versus how you take care of, let's say, your kids or let's say someone who's staying with you, maybe you're a care provider for somebody. Think of how you care, how meticulously you care for the people that you love. Are you doing the same thing for yourself? Are you truly? Like, you insist that other people sleep the right amount of time. You insist that other people eat when they're supposed to eat. What are your eating habits like throughout the day? Are you living one of those lives where you're, you know, working ridiculously long hours and eating is kind of this luxury if it happens. Because I've been there. I get that. But it's, it's not sustainable. It's certainly not healthy for you. How are you supposed to function properly? How is your brain supposed to get the nutrients it needs if it doesn't get the right fuel? And for that matter, how is the brain supposed to function properly and help you think logically if you do not sleep. I was doing some research recently into how sleep affects the brain. Now I'm not gonna get into neuroscience here with you guys because I am not a neuroscientist and I have no idea about that kind of stuff, the intricate details, but what I've been able to research anyway is that, uh, and I don't wanna quote this, but there aren't many things that restore the ability to empathize that we know of. We know about things that can restore our ability to think cognitively, maybe to improve our focus. There's all kinds of things we can do to, to take for that. Maybe it's an, an herbal supplement, whatever. But to actually gain that ability to empathize with other human beings, as far as a lot of people know, it's restored, most understandably, by sleeping. The right amount of time for example so by sleeping just by sleeping on an appropriate schedule we actually gain this ability to relate with those around us and to feel for one another now we're going to get into that in a little bit more detail here in a second but isn't that fascinating i mean the ability to actually look at others and relate with them and to feel for them can actually be taken away by not getting enough sleep and this probably sounds familiar to some of you. you. You're probably thinking, yeah, I don't really 
care about what other ha- what other people have to say. I don't really care about what other people are going through. I'm just focusing on my life, just trying to get by. Now that's understandable. I understand that like if we're in a survival atmosphere, we're on a budget, we got a busy life, we've got kids. There's only so much in other people's lives that we can even have time to think about even if we wanted to. So that that should be stated, but at the same time, if you are unable or incapable to relate to one another. Now that is problematic, especially if you're considering the fact that you reside within a community, that you take place within a community. Therefore, what you do affects your community, whether you think it does or not. Okay, so taking care of yourself, treating your body as if you were caring for someone you love, eat well, sleep well, quiet that inner bully that we all have that all plagues us that plagues us all you know regain some love for yourself gain some understanding of the power of your mind and its effect on others so i'll end this point with a quick story you know when when i was in that retail job that i mentioned it was a really fun job for me i really enjoyed doing what i did i was pretty good at it and you know, it was something I definitely had a knack for. And so I wasn't ever, and I have never been, the kind of person that kind of walks into a room as a manager and just says, you know, I'm the boss and you all have to do what I say. I would rather work and do what I'm supposed to do and show other people what I'm doing and the correct way to do things so that they have this example to, of, of what to do. I, I like to lead by example, in other words. And so, so many times, so many times have I been doing something that should be done in a workplace. And this, I don't even have to be in a manager role, but I can be doing something that needs to be done. And what I will notice without fail is that the other people around me, the other people that work there are going to get up and start being productive as well. If I'm being productive, other people are going to be productive. I'm focusing on my own productivity my own ability to stay active and do things that need to be done by seeing other coworkers do that or by seeing managers do that other people are encouraged to do the same okay so i guess not exactly a story more of a general point but leading by example is a really good way to think about it you know focusing on how you can be this best version of yourself for yourself is going to be something that other people pick up on you will shine radiantly into your communities and people really do grasp onto that stuff you know every time i see someone come into the grocery store and bring their jars and reusable containers and all that stuff i want to do that too that is so cool to me so think about that concept of of really improving yourself and leading by example as a really important step one Okay, so the second point that I've got here is to really gain an interest in others by learning or in some cases relearning how to listen. Okay, now I say listen, other people, what do you, I'm a good listener. You might be a good hearer. You might hear people really, really, really well. But if you are, and think about this, some of you are going to be listening to this going, that's not me. I swear that's not me, but think about it. When, when people talk to you, 
you know, what's going on in your head when people are talking to you? Are you considering what they're saying? Are you really listening and gaining something from what they're saying? Or is what's going on in that little machine of a head of yours actually more like, I can't wait for them to stop talking so that I can deliver my point. I can't wait for them to finish their point so I can share my point. Is that what you're doing? Be honest with yourself because I do that a lot, okay? I do that a lot. It's something that interviewing people has really forced me to calm down quite a bit, okay? Ask questions and stay quiet when you listen to people. Assume that other people know things that you don't. It's a really, really good idea, <laughs> okay? Assume other people know things that you don't. Talk to people that you know you disagree with. Now this is a tough one for a lot of you. Talk to people you know you're gonna disagree with and genuinely try to learn from them. You know, there's a story I'd like, I'm, I'm gonna share again, I'm full of stories. There's a story about these two people that actually came through and maybe I should clarify, I work at a grocery store, people come through my cashier line quite often and, and so I observe people quite a lot, I really look at people and, and observe like just behaviors and things they say to each other, mannerisms. There's this, this uh, two strangers, they didn't know each other, these two people came through and this, this young woman had a, had a shirt on that said feminism, that's all it said, it was just a black shirt said feminism. And so she was trying to pay for her stuff. Well this guy was behind her, this was a young girl, she was probably close to 16, 17 or so. And maybe I'm terrible at, at seeing age. She might've been, you know, early 20s for all I know. I, I took it, she was around 18-ish. And the guy in back of her was probably close to 30. And as a joke, purely as a joke, and I understand that some people don't get this joke, but as a joke, he looks at her to sort of start up conversation and says, oh, and he kind of chuckles and he says, I'm a chauvinist, so I guess we're not going to get along. Now, <laughs> now, I laughed at that as the cashier, not in that situation directly. I thought that was pretty funny as a good icebreaker to see what the other person says, but she did not like that very much. She didn't really appreciate that comment, and so she shut down. Her face gets red, totally shut down, and, and she said, you know what, I just heard chauvinist and I shut down, and I don't care. I'm just trying to pay for my stuff and leave. She was very not into conversing with this gentleman and, and for reasons that I do understand because um, that's touchy stuff. That's a dangerous joke. That's a pretty brave joke to make. <laughs> Whether you have a good sense of humor or not, to tell someone wearing a feminist shirt that you're a chauvinist in any manner is a bit of a daring move, I'll admit. So story goes that, you know, she goes to leave and then he turns to her and the joke quickly became not a joke when he shouts out the door to her as she's leaving. He said, you know, men are okay. Open up your mind is what he said. Now, I'm not going to get into a feminism debate here. This is not what I'm trying to do. I'm not illustrating my opinion on either side of this because it's irrelevant to the point I'm trying to make. My point here of that story, the point that neither of them, neither of those people, you had one person who was on this sort of self-described chauvinist side, and then you had this other person on the feminist side. Neither of them made any effort to legitimately converse with each other, to listen to where each other were. Neither of them know each other as a human being, but they've already decided who they are because of a very quick 
five, 10 cent or 10 or so second interaction. And I found that really, really fascinating when you think about society and, and how we converse with one another in our communities. We oftentimes assume we know everything about the other person based on some kind of a label. Oftentimes it's political. These days it's very political, unfortunately. But we hear these things about each other and we think, I know who you are, therefore you're in my neat little box and I don't need to learn anything else about you. The only thing that exists now is the points that I want to make to you. And that is a very unfortunate and selfish way of living life. I have been there and I'm happy to say that I've made a lot of work into exiting that mind space. And it's something that we have to work on if we're going to progress as a society. We have to listen to each other. We have to make an effort to learn about one another. In our first episode, Tyler C. from the Community Experiment podcast was on the show, and we talked extensively about learning from other people's stories. The episode is titled Stories. And Tyler talks about this quite a lot, about the importance of sharing stories and hearing stories, because it's those stories that truly do make our communities what they are, aren't they? It's where we come from and what we plan to do that really define us as a collective group. And so the third point here is separating a bit from this whole search yourself and search each other, learn from one another mindset. It's a little bit more pragmatic. This third point of mine is to get yourself and, and a friend. A friend is great if you do this. Get yourself and a friend outside often and bring a garbage bag. I don't mean go outside and just take a willy-nilly hike. I mean bring a garbage bag with you. Could be a small one. And discover how the act of picking up trash, because it's everywhere, discover how that act can actually bond you to your surroundings and how it can embrace your newfound responsibility. There's something, you know, there's something about bending over and physically picking something up that that connects you some way. I believe it was episode uh, four. It was our public action episode that we did with uh, Dylan Stigemeyer. And we talked a lot about picking things up, doing trash pickups and, and such. Some of you know we've done community trash pickups here in town. And it's because of this third step here that we've done that before. Not just because it's a good thing to do, but also because that connection that you actually gain from bending down and picking something up off of the ground and looking around where you are when you pick that up, somehow in your brain with your body cooperating with that, it, it communicates to your mind and to your body and to your soul. And I mean this in a very deep sense. It communicates to you that you have a real direct connected responsibility to the things that are around you. I mean, you have a direct responsibility to clean up the trash in your city. You know, it's not just some cleaning guy's job. It's not just some group that will eventually set up a trash pickup. It's not their job either necessarily. It is their job because of what I'm talking about, but it's not exclusively their job. You know, other people, you cannot rely on other people to clean up your own society. It's not a sustainable way to do things. You know, relying on everybody else to do everything else is a pretty good way for nothing to get done. So getting out there, take a friend with you, get out there, take a hike, you know, go walk in a city park, 
You don't have to even go really anywhere. You could walk around your, your city street. But look around at the trash that's around. See the trash and the litter that is all over the place because it's all over the place. And pick it up. Bend down, use your hands, use your eyeballs to look at it and pick it up. And take mental note of what you're picking up, how often you're doing it. You'll be amazed at the profoundness of the thoughts that you have in those moments. You'll be incredibly amazed at the impact the picking up trash in your own community. What that does to your outlook, not just on your city, but also on yourself. What role you get to play within that city. That, to me, has been a very exciting experience in my own journey. It has really taught me that I get to do something in my town. I get this sense of ownership out of it. You know, I'm a member of my community, a working member of my community that contributes to it. Not just a person who just sits back and complains about what everybody else is doing wrong and voting in a way that is spiteful and all this type of stuff. That's not healthy. Get out of that mindset. Now, I've been talking for a little bit. We're going to take a small little break here, and we're going to be right back with steps four through six, or what I've deemed as steps four through six in my six-step program. And we'll talk a bit more about our community, and we might actually mention, eventually, something about throwing something away. (laughs) So we'll be right back. So welcome back. I hope you guys are doing okay so far. This has been an interesting experience. I'm really enjoying doing this solo thing. I can ramble and ramble and ramble for days. So this works out. For me anyway. I don't know about for you guys. It works out for me. So I want to share the last few steps with you guys. Hopefully the first three steps have been able to set you up well enough to prepare for these last three. So the fourth step here is... After And this comes after going out and picking up trash, if you remember step number three was picking up trash. Number four is to explore your community and to truly embrace it for what it is. You know, how much good, ask yourself, how much good is your independence really doing you? Is it really independence? You know, I feel like in this country we're all about building our own independence and building our own enterprise and, you know, I stand alone and I... I do all this by myself. Me, me, me. It's, it's so rampant in our society that that's a good way to think. But if you look back in human history for basically as long as we know humans have been around, we've always focused on community. We always thrive within community and we always suffer by ourselves. You know, if you look at any human community back as far as we can go, It's never, ever been the case that a lone human being has thrived and lived this incredibly healthy lifestyle. You know, that's, it's, it's never been the case. You go back in any case and you will never see that. So explore your community, truly embrace your community. 
ask yourself how much good your independence is doing you. You know, go to events, meet people. If you're an introvert like me, at least observe people <laughs> and try to find a place to get involved. You know, try and find your niche. What do you do for a living? Like, what do you like to do? Not just for work, but what do you like to do for a hobby? Look around in your town and see if other people are doing that. You know, my roommate the other day, or a few weeks ago, I should say, went to this public speaking thing. He went to Toastmasters. I don't know if you've heard of Toastmasters. It's a big group, very old group that get together and they practice public speaking together. It's a really cool community. It's a really cool idea for a community. And he went to that, came back home, really felt like he found some of his people. You know, that's pretty sweet to find that kind of niche, to feel that sense of belonging. That does really enormous things for your brain. There's a lot of TED Talks about how that benefits your brain, how it really benefits your personal health. Find a community, get involved somewhere. You know, if you don't see something you like in your town, maybe you live somewhere where there isn't a whole lot going on. The beautiful thing is you have enormous power. If you don't see something you like, start something you like. A good example, is trash pickups. That's what I did. There's already trash pickups going on here, but I knew that there could be more and it would be easy enough to just invite people on Facebook and get people to come out. And it has turned out great. So I can't encourage you enough to find some place in your community that you feel this sense of belonging or at least some ability to relate with and figure out where you fit into that find this sense of community. It's extremely important. And that leads us perfectly into our fifth point. Now I mentioned empathizing earlier, sleeping to restore this ability to empathize. It's true, okay? Now that we've got this better ability to empathize, what we need to do for step five here is to understand the concept of a value stream. Now a value stream, the term value stream is something that businesses use a lot. Um, it's a term that we use in sustainability a lot. And what it really means is this, it, it kind of talks about the start to finish steps in the overall process of sourcing and constructing and selling a product, okay? Begin to think in terms of where specifically did this come from and who produced this instead of just how much is it? You know, if everything is just focused around price, I know price is important and, and you have a budget, but try, if you can, once things are within your, your domain of budget or whatever it is you, you, that helps you come to peace there, think of where it came from specifically and who produced it. Who made it? Was it people that made it? Was it machines that made it? If it was people that made it, where exactly did it come from? Did it come from some major city? And if it did, what company was involved in the employing of these people? This is all stuff you can find this out. You can find all this stuff out. Everything you purchase affects someone's life in some way. So you have to do what you can to make a positive impact, okay? Everything you do impacts someone's life in some form or fashion. Whether you buy a television or a lamp or your cabinets in your house or your coffee table, whatever. If you get all your stuff from a thrift store, that's great. But everywhere that you buy these things affects the people in the place that you bought them. And everything you buy was constructed in some way by materials that had to get sourced from somewhere. And this is what we talk about when we talk about the value stream. This 
idea of instilling value at every point in the process. Value number one, you mined for goods. For example, raw materials. Value number two, those raw materials were sent to some other place, which takes gasoline, it takes people to load that stuff up. Value number three, it was sent somewhere else. You see what I'm saying? So really try and, and understand this concept of a value stream. It really, with your newfound empathizing abilities, really changes the way that you look at your products. It might change the way that you buy all these silicone products that you're using to replace plastic. Is the silicone actually sourced well? Is it sourced from a company that ethically sources silicone? It's not all created equal, by the way. I'm not gonna go into that. Oh, that's a wormhole. So really focus on the value stream. Really try and think about you know, where this stuff comes from, whose lives it affects, okay? That's my fifth step. And so finally, this leads us to our last little bit here. I hope you guys have enjoyed up to this point. But our last point here, now that we've learned all these sort of foundational things about what we think of one another, how to look at products now in relation to thinking about one another and other people's communities, the final point here is to remember that when you throw things away, there really is no such thing as away. You know, we say throwing things away. Away maybe from our viewpoint, <laughs> away from our house, perhaps. But throwing something away is really just spending lots of resources to move it somewhere else, out of sight and out of mind. I say lots of resources, what am I talking about? I'm talking about the manpower it takes to come and get your trash from your curbside. If you don't have curbside pickup, think of your own effort that it takes to take to the recycling plant or to the landfill plant or, or you know whatever it is, wherever you take your stuff. It takes all the people working in those facilities to take care of it and to do what needs to be done with it. It takes lots of fuel, takes lots of energy. You know, We talk about the value stream and that's why I talked about the value stream first to kind of give you an idea of these ways to think about. Like, well, if I'm gonna take something to the recycling plant, what happens next? You know, is it recycled here in town? Is it transported away to some other place that takes lots of fuel to get it to? How much energy are we talking about here? Is it really worth it to recycle things? Ah, see, now you're starting to think about really important stuff. Is it really worth it to recycle things? Hmm. There's a thought. That's an important one, a controversial one. That's okay. Controversial thoughts are fine. <laughs> but this, this helps you think of this stuff differently. It really, really does. Waste begins with you, and it ends in a landfill somewhere. But there's so much more to it. I mean, how can you make waste a positive thing for yourself and someone else? Is that a possible, is that something you can do? How can you make waste a positive thing on somebody else or maybe on yourself? Are the things that you're purchasing, these things that we've thought ever so ethically about, have we purchased things that create this positive impact or could create a positive impact? Now there's a thought, instead of just this blank, I'm buying what I need to buy and when I'm done, I'm just gonna throw it away because I need what I need and me, 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 me. Now I'm not to say, I'm not trying to say that if you're just in a survival mode and you're just trying to do what you need to do, I'm not saying you're living selfishly, but there are choices we make and we are prone to making in those survival atmospheres that unfortunately 
shrouds any sort of you know judgment it, it shrouds any ability we have to to consider others remember when we were talking about empathizing when we're thinking about all these things in this like I just have to do what I got to do and that's the end of the story mode it, it completely shrouds our ability to think of ourselves in a way that is healthy it shrouds our ability to think of one another in a healthy way it completely ruins our ability to empathize with one another and we can't learn from one another if we can't empathize and if we can't learn from one another then we can't understand one another and it, we furthermore cannot come to a peace amongst one another until we gain an understanding for one another so it's this chain that we have to get ourselves through you need to help yourself first you need to lead by example really connect yourself with your community go pick up some trash go get involved in this niche that is yours go get involved somewhere that you feel like you belong or could belong really really think about where you sit in your communities okay i talk about community 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 but if you don't know where you're sitting in one and you make no effort to get involved in one what are you doing what are you doing with your life and so i really hope you've gotten something out of this this is mostly ramblings i suppose i really hope that some of this has provoked thought in your minds i really hope it has and so i'd like to finish out with one thought by a guy that i admire a lot his name is jordan peterson hear this with an open mind and i, I truly hope that this can help you or help you help someone else perhaps in some way and i really hope that that these thoughts have made some kind of an impact on your life so here's the quote jordan peterson says sometimes when things are not going well it's not the world that's the cause the cause is instead that which is currently most valued subjectively and personally why because the world is revealed to an indeterminate degree through the template of your values if the world you are seeing is not the world you want therefore it's time to examine your values and so it's time to rid yourself of your current presuppositions it's time to let go it might even be time to sacrifice what you love best so that you can become who you might become instead of staying who you are thanks again everyone have a wonderful thanksgiving be thankful for one another. Be grateful for what you have. I'm Jet McLaughlin, and I'll see you guys next time.